BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, guys. Welcome back. I I don't even know where to fucking begin. I have no notes in front of me. I have nothing. I'm just sitting in our bedroom. My mom is currently here babysitting Liam. I ran away and shut the door and was like, no one come in on podcast recording. Um, So we're just going to see where this takes us. I know I have so much to say, but I almost feel like I'm in that place where I have so much to say that I'm going to forget everything. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying, saying? Anyway, um, so season four, what's up? I'm still trying to figure out how, like I I have changes I want to make to the show. And I'm trying not to put the cart in front of the horse. Is that what it's called? Like I I have interviews lined up, but I also have changes I want to make to the show. And I've really taken maternity leave to also think back or think on like, what do I want the show to be like? What do I want the vibe to be? How do I want people to leave the show feeling? Who do I want to bring on the show? And like, what is the purpose of this podcast? Because to be totally frank with you all, the podcast is by no means a breadwinner for Freckled Foodie. Like majority of my business definitely comes from Instagram and the podcast is something I do honestly for fun because I fucking love it. But it is a lot of work. And like, yes, I have a few sponsorships, but that's not like totally moving the needle year end when I think about it. So I want to A, have more fun with it since it's not like it's that business driven, but B at the same time, like maybe focus a little bit more on the business side of things because if I'm putting all this time into it, we would like to see the financial gains, would we not? Yes, we would. Um, so season four is beginning. This episode I wanted to do as just a hi, I've missed you all. Maternity leave is over. Dive into just parenting and everything. And that's where I feel like I have so much to say that I know I'll forget forget it. But I also think there are many more solo episodes to come in our future on topics because parenting has really opened my eyes to so many different things. And I feel like with each topic, I could go on hour-long rants. So I think we're just going to do solo episodes on them. So stay tuned for more of that. Um, and then just like regroup on what else has been happening in my life. So let's take it back. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Frickle food, we have friends, talking about life sides and ends. Throw away your hesitations, have unfiltered conversations. If you've got an ear to lend, here's Frickle Food, the end friends. 
Can we take a quick fucking second to talk about how sick that new intro jingle is? I love it so much. One of my best friends from college, Rob Bedson, you are the man. He wrote the song, created the beat, like sang it, produced the whole thing. I fucking love you. I mean, by now, I feel like I've clearly laid out all of like the labor and delivery stuff. But if you haven't, I would highly recommend watching my What the Fuck's Happening to My Body labor and delivery because that is really my birth story and it gets very detailed. Because honestly, when I was going into delivery, I was like so fucking confused because this whole time we've been told by movies and media that your water breaks and then all of a sudden you're delivering a baby within like what seems like an hour. You know, people are like, I'm scared I'm not going to make it to the hospital in time. That's a sick joke coming from someone who labored for 40 plus hours. I felt like I was sold a total lie. So I really laid into like the timeline and the details of my labor and delivery because I obviously took copious notes on my phone, but also because I wish that someone had done that so that I could have like watched all of these details before I went into it because I was so confused. Like you don't know, everyone's obviously different and some people's labors are very fast. I'm not saying that all are like mine whatsoever, but at the same time, whatever. I think it's helpful. So you can watch it. Basically a very long labor, um, some laboring at home. Then we ended up going to the hospital so that I could get induced. But then like by the time I got to the hospital to the time I delivered Liam, it was, I think like 20 hours. So honestly, the first all-nighter I have ever pulled is the night I delivered Liam, which I know is crazy to you guys, but I'm, you know, sleep is important to me and I am an early bird. I go to sleep early and I wake up early. Um, but the delivery in and of itself, like I, I really cannot figure out how to put my emotions into words because that moment was like, was unlike anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I just felt like I could truly do anything. I left that experience thinking I am the baddest bitch that has ever walked this planet and no one better fuck with me because I'm a fucking superhuman. And I know not all women feel that way and not everyone has this type of delivery that I had, but it's, I don't know, after you've created this life in your body for nine months and you guys know I did not enjoy being pregnant not only is your body then able to create a human, but you are a vortex of which the human life comes out of. Like it, It's so crazy. It's really hard to wrap my mind around the fact that like seeing Liam once he came out, it was so odd for me to think like, oh my God, that was what was inside of me. Because the whole time I was pregnant, I just kind of envisioned it as this like alien type thing inside of me. And I don't know if that's because I felt maybe disconnected to being pregnant. I I don't know, but I wasn't envisioning an actual baby inside of me. And when he came out, I I'm like, this cute thing was in there 24 hours ago. What the fuck? Literally, what the fuck? So when it was time to push, this whole thing was like game day to me. I was literally going in with an athlete's mentality of this is game day. Let's go. 
And I was like, turn on the music. We're having fun. And I pushed, I mean, guys, I have live photos of this entire experience and I watch them daily because watching Liam exit my body truly makes me feel like I can do anything in this world. It really does. And when they put him on my chest, I just, I mean, not only is it like a love I've never experienced in my life, but I've, I'm, I was just so proud of myself and honestly in awe. I mean, Joe was in awe of me, in awe. So it was just incredible. I will say with the whole hospital experience, and I don't know if other people felt this way, but you're then moved into a postpartum room and, you know, people are in and out of that room all day long, all night long. That's my biggest issue with the hospital. And I totally understand that they're doing their job and they're there to make sure that everyone is healthy and they're taking care of the mother and the baby. And like, there's a purpose of all of their visits, but can't you consolidate some of them? Because for me, for example, it's now almost 48 hours that I haven't slept. And I shit you not, every 15 minutes, someone was coming in that door to do something. And I'd finally fall asleep or Liam would finally fall asleep and the doors open, the lights are on. They had to, it was like they had to take my blood. They had to do vitals on him. They had to take my vitals. They had to give me my medicine. They had to clean out something. They had to check on something. They like they had to see if when I last fed. And I totally understand that's all necessary, but it's also so annoying. And I was like, can you just not come in to give me my medicine? Can you just leave it now while you're doing my vitals and I'll take it at the next time? And they're like, no, 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 we can't do that. You know, like we have to make sure we're tracking it. And I'm like, can you come and check my vitals when you're checking Liam's vitals? You know, like bang two things out at once so we can actually sleep. They're like, no, sorry. Like the timings aren't aligned. So there was no sleep to be had in that hospital. But the funniest part about it for me was, and again, I don't know if people feel this way, but we hadn't decided what we were going to name Liam. We had two like options and it wasn't until he was born that we decided. And when he was delivered, I turned to Joe kind of right away. And I was like, should we pick a name? And he's like, no, no, no. Let's wait until we're alone, like a little bit later. I'm like, okay. So then two seconds later, I like maybe waited a minute. I'm like, I think we should pick a name. And He goes, well, you just did all the work. You decide. And I said, fuck no, I am not having that responsibility. Like, are you leaning towards one? He said he was. I was leaning towards one also. I said, let's say it on the count of three. And luckily, we both were leaning towards Liam Oaks Rogers. So that is what we named him. But every time someone comes into the hospital, uh, into the room, a nurse, a doctor, staff, anyone, they say, oh my gosh, what's his name? And I don't know if it's because I was sleep deprived or in shock, or the fact that we hadn't chosen his name until he was born, or I just like all of a sudden, it was kind of like he's just this like stranger now that's like a part of me. I I don't know. I could not remember his name for the life of me. It would take me like a good minute to answer them and give them his name. At first, I I kept wanting to say Charlie, and I said it sometimes. Or I would almost say Joe. I'd almost say my name. I'd freeze. I'd almost say the other name. Like they say, they come in. Oh, he's so cute. What's his name? And then me, just deer in fucking headlights, can't remember my child's name. I, I don't. I think. I feel like Joe also kind of struggled with this. He was like, "What is my baby's name?" But I mean, I honestly still sometimes have a hard time, which is so sad. We're almost three months, but 
Now it's when I'm talking to one of my friends and they have a baby, like my friend Jess, her son, Casey. I'll be talking to Jess and I'll tell a story about Liam and I'll say, well, Casey, I'm like, why can I not remember our kid's name? So I'm working on that. But in the hospital, it was very real. It was like, who is this? Who is this stranger that has now taken over my life? Um, Coming home from the hospital was its own shit show. I mean, it was hell on earth that first night. We were so, so scared, so lost, so confused, didn't know what the hell to do. We're not sleeping. Liam had like slept pretty well in the hospital. That all went to shit when we got home. So it was just a lot. And you you leave the hospital and they're like, okay, um, here's your baby. Good luck. And this is where I am still confused because Fortunately, I have friends who have just given birth and I asked them a lot of questions and like I had looked into honestly only by chance because I was like connected with someone the full feedings program. Only by chance had I looked into that program before I delivered and they outlined like you know a very detailed schedule of feedings and naps and all that. I don't know why whenever I do solo episodes, I want to yawn so much, but whatever. Um, so fortunately, I had like looked into that. And so when we came home, I was like, I guess we try to follow this. But otherwise, like, how do you know when they're supposed to eat, when they're supposed to nap? Like any – I just feel like there's so much unknown. And this has been a consistent thing during my postpartum of A, feeling like I missed some like handbook memo on like how to do this, but B, just almost, I don't know, I don't feel like I second guess myself, but kind of. It's honestly so hard to explain because I feel like I'm a really good mom and I'm really proud of myself for that. And I feel like I'm the best mom for Liam and we connect and I feel a lot of things came naturally and I've just figured it out. I am a very much like, if there is a problem, you just figure it out. Like, not going to lie, I'm kind of blown away by some of the DMs I get because I'm like, guys, this is like, just figure it out. Like, I can't tell you this, just figure it out. But on the flip side, I feel like sometimes when I'm consuming content, all these people have their lives together and it's less about like, I feel like I have my shit together as Liam's mother, but I also feel like when I'm consuming content, I feel like all these other people have their shit together of like having a life where I'm like, how do you look like that? How are you dressed? How are you doing these things? Like, where is that time coming from? I do think a lot of it is that a ton of people have people helping them, which no shade, no hate at all. Like amazing. Good for you. And we're about to start having help hired. And then also like between my mother and mother-in-law. But that's where I feel like I almost messed the memo. And then a lot of like, you don't know what you don't know. So there are things where like, I'll see something online. And I'm like, wait, am I supposed to be doing that? Like, I had no fucking idea that this was a thing. Like who tells you these things? And I think that's what is so confusing because it's like, who tells you, where is the handbook? I don't know. And mentally, I feel like I've second guessed a few things where 
honestly, it was like my anxiety taking over. So I don't know if I'm second guessing, but I'm definitely having anxiety over certain things. And the best thing for me was deleting this like what to expect app because I talked about this in my stories, but there are like these community boards and I used to read them and send them to my friend because like some of them are so ridiculous and like these crazy posts. And so my friend and I would like send them to one another as a joke. But the more time I spent on them, the more like A, horror stories I would see and that would like get me anxious. But then B, I'd see a story about something that like I'm not experiencing, but once I saw the story, then it was in my head and then I convinced myself that we were experiencing it, whether it be something like thrush, I don't know, this thing that can happen to like your boobs and baby, um, like convinced myself that we had that going on or just like, you know, oh, little things like, oh, you know, this is what I use to clean my baby's mouth. And I'm like, I'm supposed to fucking clean my baby's mouth, huh? So I deleted the app, but I think they were second guessing on a lot of stuff because it's like, I feel confident in what I'm doing and then I'll see something else. I'm like, wait, am I doing it right? Because I don't know. I think because this is my first time doing any of this stuff, that's what I said to my therapist. Like, because this is my first rodeo, I feel confident and then I see something else and I then I'm like, but is what I'm doing correct or is that correct? Uh, I don't really know if any of that made sense, but that's a mental dialogue that I'm constantly dealing with. I will say, all of that aside, I feel as if most of the time, being a mom to Liam is the role I was meant to be in. And that makes me really happy. I'm not going to lie. This past week, Liam has like recognized who I am officially. Like he definitely knows who I am now. And I'm sure it's because I'm the one holding him the most. I'm the one that's feeding him from my body the most. Like, you know, I'm changing most of his diapers. I'm definitely the face he sees throughout an entire day, majority. And the fact that now I can like make him smile and he's recently been like locked in on me. Like if someone else is holding, he's like holding him. He's like looking for me and locked in on my eyes. I'm not going to lie. That feels fucking amazing. And I honestly cry thinking about it often. And this is so fucked up. I text this to my friend. But when he's hysterically crying and like no one can soothe him and then I hold him and he stops crying, as twisted as this is, that makes me feel like I'm on top of the world. And I know that is twisted, but I honestly think that if any mother out there experiences the same thing, they probably feel the same way. Like, yes, obviously I prefer everyone to be able to soothe him. That's like the top preference. But the fact that I have this touch with him, it does make me feel amazing. There is no denying that. There is no denying that. So parenting him has been a roller coaster. I've talked about this very openly on my Instagram. It's just, I mean, it's the highest highs and the lowest lows. And when you have or experience the lows, they feel so permanent. And that's what I struggle with the most because my anxiety has always led me to think or led me to believe whatever is happening is permanent. I'm really easily able to get myself to spiral. Hi, Char. Get myself to spiral and forget that everything is temporary. So pre-baby, my mantra has always been like, this is temporary. This is temporary. But it's really hard when you're in like the lows of postpartum to remember that it's temporary. 
And it's a mix of the hormones are out of control. It's a roller coaster. All right, we're going to put Charlie away. It is such a roller coaster. And when you combine the hormones with like also this whole new life, and then on top of that, you're just not sleeping. Like you are just not sleeping whatsoever. When I think about the actual amount of sleep I was getting in the very beginning, it's horrific. And there is a reason that sleep deprivation is what's it called? Like a what do you what what's it called when you're like not torturing, but kind of? I don't know, whatever. Sleep deprivation is real is the end, like moral of the story. And there were nights where and I'm still going through this. I'm still dealing with this, trying to figure this all out. Um, and I think it's partially hormonal. I think it's partially just postpartum. I think maybe obviously there's a a bit of postpartum depression in there, but there are some nights where I will just be so physically and mentally tired that I cannot do anything but lay on the couch. And there's not like, I don't want to read. I don't want to talk. I don't want to watch TV. I'm just, I, I need to just sit in stillness and not have anything happening. And like, it does scare me in these moments. I'm not trying to like be like morbid and freak people out. I am okay. Um, but in these moments, it's a little terrifying because I have no energy to do anything. And Joe will be like, there was one night he's like, do you want a glass of wine? And I'm like, I can't even, I don't even have the energy to lift a glass to my mouth to drink. Like I don't want wine for that purpose because I, I don't want to move. And as someone who is very talkative and could talk to a wall, when I find myself in these moods, I just have nothing to say. I have no words. I have no thoughts. And my dad calls it like my thousand yard stare. And I'm like, yeah, that's just me completely. Like my lights are on, but no one is home right now. Um, So I'm working on that. And it's gotten so, not working on it, that. I'm working on my emotions and like making sure that everything is okay. And that I'm filling up my cup because it is really easy to put yourself last. Like ridiculously easy to put your needs last. And I think the more sleep I've gotten is, I mean, Liam is sleeping through the night, which is another thing I want to touch on. And it's it's made the world of a difference. Like I felt like a new human after the second night that this happened because Again, I just was not sleeping and I'm someone that needs sleep. So I think that's really helped, but also like making sure that I am prioritizing aspects of me. Like you have to fill up your cup before you can fill someone else's up. And there's so much, I mean, there's so many emotions that go into this because it's like there's, I hate the term mom guilt because why do we feel guilty for doing stuff for ourselves? But somehow we do. And I'm really trying to work on that because I shouldn't feel guilty for doing things for me because to be the best mom for Liam, I have to be the best version of myself. And to be the best version of myself, I do need to exercise. I do need to eat foods that make me feel good. I do need to meditate. Like these are things I need to do. Fuck, I need to take a, a shit in peace. Like these are things for me. And I'm trying to prioritize them more because they are so easily the things that are just like, oh, I'll do that later. And then they never happen. And the more of an effort I've put in to make them a part of my routine. You know, I'm not 
meditating for my full two 20-minute sessions anymore. But even if I can get like five minutes in, that is a win for me. And same with workouts. Like the idea of going to an hour-long class, which takes like, what, 15 minutes for me to commute to, another 15 minutes to commute back. Like that is not in my reality right now. Do I miss it? Yes, but whatever. And for me, if I can squeeze in like a 15-minute quick something, that is a big win. And honestly, that helps me. So I'm trying to just, you know, I'm shifting my expectations, but I'm keeping my priorities or I'm trying to keep my priorities on like filling up my cup. Um, And this is something that I've definitely had a hard time with, you know, relationships having a child is a really true test of a relationship. I will say that much. It has not been the easiest for Joe and I. I'm so glad that we have the foundation we do and we have the relationship we do and that we are vocal about our needs and our emotions and we're vulnerable and we have great lines of communication because it is hard to parent. And that exactly, that topic of like self-care is something that I've like honestly been resentful towards Joe of because, you know, if I'm up and I'm feeding, like he's doing his meditation quickly. And somehow I'm like, well, you got to do your full meditation and like, but you get to exercise. Like it has been really hard for me. And he's really good at prioritizing that. And I'm really good at letting that be the thing that falls to the wayside. And that's something I'm working on. And I'm grateful that we have a relationship where I can say that openly and honestly of like, I am kind of, I'm really frustrated over this and I feel resentful over X, Y, Z. And I need to work on this, but also you need to work on this. Like I would like you to do more of whatever. And he is one of the best people I've ever met of taking criticism which is shocking because if you think of him like as the competitor on the basketball field, that's not how he is. I love you, Joe. Um, But emotionally, he listens to my feedbacks or feedback and is someone who really makes changes with it. And that's something I don't do well and I personally would like to work on. And I so appreciate that he is so incredible at doing because it allows me to really speak up when I'm feeling something or when I would like something to be done a different way. Um, there were so many other points I wanted to get at within like the, the parenting, emotional, roller coaster, hormonal. Also, oh, the postpartum anxiety. I talked about this, but the like it is really terrifying what your mind can convince you of. And for me, postpartum anxiety came out as like it it, it felt as if I was like envisioning these things. And the only thing I can like describe them as are final destination thoughts. And if you are like me and final destination was like something you watched as a kid and it's ruined your life since, I'm sorry. But I would have these visions and it's not like I wanted to do these things. I literally envisioned them happening where Liam was being physically harmed. So if I was walking through a doorway, I'd be like, I'd envision myself walking and somehow hitting his head on the doorway. Or the first time I walked downstairs, I envisioned myself falling down the stairs. Or like, you know, if I bent down to get something, I envisioned dropping him. The simplest things, honestly, the most terrifying was, was one was that I'd wake up in the middle of the night, even though he does not sleep in our bed, 
He slept in a bassinet next to our bed. I would con- I'd be convinced that he was in the sheets somehow. And I'd wake up screaming and like tearing apart the sheets trying to find him. I'd like hit Joe because he was holding onto a pillow and I thought it was Liam. Like it's honestly terrifying. I think it's hormonal, but I think it's also sleep deprivation. Someone said that it's literally like the maternal mindset of preparing yourself for the for this so that you know how to react. I don't know if I believe that, but like it really fucked with me. And for a second, I was very terrified because I'm like, I'm envisioning all these things and I don't want to do any of them. They terrify me. But is it awful that I'm envisioning them? And I talked to a lot of my friends and it seems like a lot of them went through this as well. You know, my psychologist didn't seem to be concerned because she said, it's not like you are wanting to do them. Um, And this is kind of how postpartum anxiety, I guess, has shown or like reared its head for me. But I think that's one of the main things that really fucked with me during this postpartum because it's really scary to have hallucinations. Yeah. I think that's the word like that where you are really convinced that something is happening and it's not, it's just like not the reality. It's terrifying and I can't explain it, but if you've experienced it, then you understand. Um, But, oh, the Liam sleeping, I guess this kind of ties back in because I said sleeping in the bassinet, whatever. Something that I'm having a hard time with is I obviously share my life and I'm sharing what's happening in my life on my platform and all of this. But I think moms, myself included, again, because there is no handbook, everyone is second guessing themselves or not everyone. I won't make that broad of a generalization, but a lot of us are second guessing ourselves and we're just looking for someone to tell us what the fuck to do, which is why I use the full feedings program. I'm like, I just need a schedule. Someone give me a schedule. But I think because so many women are lost and confused and there is no handbook and they're second guessing themselves and they just want answers, they're turning to others who I guess like aren't the people that should be giving advice. Like I'm not the one who should be like telling you how to sleep train your child because like I don't even know. Or like the schedule of feedings because again, I honestly like don't know. I don't understand how Liam like somehow gets enough food out of my boobs the right amount for him to like keep gaining weight. I don't understand (laughs) how that works, but somehow it just seems to have worked. And I think A, like every baby is so different. That's the one thing I've learned from all of my friends. Whenever I text questions about things, like every baby is so different. And I mean that in it's twofold. A, like people aren't going to be able to tell you exactly what to do. You kind of have to figure it out. It's all trial and error. That's what I've learned. Everything about motherhood, I think is trial and error. So you're going to have to figure it out with your specific baby because my baby might love something and your baby might hate that same thing. And it's going to work for mine and it's not going to work for yours. So there's that, but then also like every baby is so different. So don't compare yours to someone else's. And I think that that's something I want to scream from the rooftop because the second I said Liam was sleeping through the night, my inbox inbox was flooded with DMs of like, how are you getting him to sleep through the night? My son is three weeks older. My son is a month older. Blah, blah, blah. Like all this stuff. Like honestly, like this makes me feel bad about myself because my son is two months older than yours and he's not sleeping through the night. 
you should never compare your baby, your baby's journey, yourself as a mother to anyone else. And I know that's easier said than done, but because they're all so different, everyone's going to have different milestones. And if you spend all of your time comparing, you're going to be really hard on yourself because I know there are things that Liam does not do that other babies his age do. And yeah, it'd be really easy for me to be like, oh my God, why doesn't he? Like Liam hates tummy time and he has flat head and we're working on it. Do I get myself wrapped up in it sometimes mentally? Yeah, because like what if his head doesn't curve back out? But at the same time, like I realize other babies love tummy time. I'm not going to spend my time watching social media of all these babies who are obsessed with tummy time just like to make myself feel worse about myself. And even if I see babies who are loving tummy time, this is just an example, like that's fine. They might love tummy time and Leah might not. And like I'll figure out a way to hopefully get him to enjoy it more. And we have, and like we've adapted, but this is just an example of how all babies are different. And I realize that babies are going to be walking before him. Babies are going to be talking before him. And that does not mean that you are a bad mom. It does not mean that your child is any less than. It just shows that every baby is different and they are all on different paths. And I've been feeling very overwhelmed lately as the receiver of all these messages because I don't know how to respond to them. I don't know how to tell people that like I can't teach you how to get a child to sleep through the night. That's really not my job. Definitely not my area of expertise. But also like I could give you every list of what we're doing and it would work for maybe a few babies, but it would not work for all of them. So I don't know. I'm just feeling at a loss of like what to share in order to protect myself from having to then deal with an influx of messages like that because it honestly overwhelms me because in a weird twisted way, it kind of reminds me that I know I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and I'm just trying things and like seeing, literally just throwing shit and seeing what sticks. That is what I think my methodology of parenting is, honestly. And some of it has worked, and that's great. And some definitely has not. And then you adapt. Um, Another thing postpartum-wise is body. So like body image, all that. It is so crazy to me, and I would recommend watching my What the Fuck is Happening postpartum because I dive into all of like really the physical changes. And again, you think postpartum mentally is a fuckery. Let me tell you, postpartum physically is also because it's truly astonishing that a body can expand so much to carry a child and then somehow no longer look like that. And I won't say go back because I hate that terminology, but I mean, you lose that like massively large belly and your body like readjusts and it's so wild to watch because the first few days after the hospital, like I looked pregnant, but I didn't have the baby inside. So it was like a, there was just so much liquid. It was so wild. Um, But physically, I've definitely – this is also another topic that I'm kind of like walking on eggshells around because everyone's postpartum journey is so different Mm -hmm. depending on how their pregnancy was, depending on how their delivery was. You know, if if your pregnancy was different, I honestly like didn't end up gaining a ton of weight during my pregnancy and I always feel weird saying that. But like 
It's not because I did anything differently. I literally think it's just genetics. Genetics, And that puts me in a very different spot from like a starting point than other women postpartum wise. Also, like I gave a vaginal birth versus a C-section. That's another different starting point. I did not tear. I didn't have hemorrhoids. Like those are all things that really impact your body afterwards. I mean, hemorrhoids like impact because they're uncomfortable, but like, I mean, like you're not walking around as much like tearing, you're physically like recovering. C-section, you're recovering from a surgery. Like it's all so bio-individualized. It's all so different. But now I can say I'm like three months out. My body feels great in some areas. And in some areas, I'm just realizing that like maybe my body is just different now. And coming to terms with that being okay, I wish I could be like, I am amazing. I gave birth. I'm a superhuman. And that's how I feel mentally. But sometimes there is a part of me that's like, but my body looks so different in this area. And I caught myself critiquing myself the other day while Liam was in the room. And I got so angry with myself because that was the number one rule that I made that growing up in a home with a mom who critiqued herself physically definitely had an impact on me mentally. And it wasn't that she was ever critiquing me, but when you're watching someone who you admire and love critique themselves, it makes that type of language okay for you to then do to yourself as well. And it's something that I never, ever want our children to hear me or Joe say. And I've really been trying to work on that just mentally. And I caught myself critiquing my belly in front of Liam. And then I did my whole like affirmations and, you know, switch, flip the switch and like change the script and whatever. But that's something I'm really working on. And I was texting my friend about this and we were both just like trying to hype each other up. We both obviously have had kids recently, not obviously me, but she's had a kid recently as well. And I said, honestly, like at the, at the end of the day, the bottom line that I keep reminding myself of is, are these parts of my body different? Yes. But why are they different? They're different because I grew and birthed my favorite human on this entire planet. And if going back to what I looked like before means that that didn't happen because that's really how that works. Like if I, you know, my hips are, I think, permanently wider. If I wanted to go back to the hips I had before, that means that I wouldn't have experienced what I experienced. And most importantly, that means I wouldn't have Liam. And there is nothing in this entire world that I would change or give up or go back to if that meant that Liam is not in my life. And that's the bottom line. So if you are in postpartum or you know, not even postpartum, just if you've had kids, or honestly, this applies if you don't have children and it's like what has caused your physical changes that maybe you're like struggling with accepting, what has caused it? Is it having a lot of fun in a new relationship and enjoying yourself out and going out to more restaurants and having more fun nights with your friends, like to me, that's worth it. If you're postpartum or mother, is it your children? I mean, look at your kids. Would you rather have a body that you once had or would you rather have those kids? Because for me, it's not even a motherfucking question. And that is the bottom line. And that's what I remind myself whenever I hear that bitchy, critical voice. That's all I have of like, every, oh God, I didn't even get into maternity leave. Fuck me. I, when I started this, I was like, I have nothing to say. It's been five minutes. How am I going to keep going? Well, here we are, friends. Um, 
Maternity leave wise, I'm so glad I took it. It really allowed me to focus on Liam. And I'm just grateful that I'm in a place where I could make that decision. Uh, You know, it's really tough with this job because obviously there is no maternity leave. So do I miss that aspect of the corporate world and the like fact that I would have probably had, what is it, four and a half, five months if I was still JP Morgan? Yeah, I thought about that a lot and it made me want to cry. But at the end of that, I would have had to go back to that job at JP Morgan. So then that wouldn't have been so fun. Um, So obviously there's no like built-in maternity leave and I kind of built out a structure myself. And with that structure, I wasn't taking on any sponsor content. So there was no inflow for those two months. Thankfully, Joe and I are in a position to allow me to do that. I'm really grateful for that. But overall, I'm, I'm really happy I made that decision. Um, I almost wish I'd given myself August too, but you know, hindsight is always 2020. This return has definitely been difficult. I think maybe I wish we would have impl- implemented like childcare before I tried to jump back because when it was like August 1, I was like, okay, let's go. All of a sudden it's work time. And there's so many things I wanted to do, but I was like, Kimmy, how do you think you're just going to jump right back when Joe is still work? Now? He's Joe's fully back at work. He has been since week three. And it's just you and Liam. Like, how do you think this is working? So my mom, we've now built out a structure where my mom watches him once a week, Joe's mom watches him once a week, and then we hired someone who will help help twice a week that starts in September. And it's been so helpful, and I think it'll only continue to be more helpful, but it's been really fucking hard um, because just, I don't know, trying to juggle both. You know, obviously Joe is still here. He's in the apartment, and he can help on like one-off situations, but he works in a corporate world where he's not making his own hours. He's not in charge of his own schedule that much. Like he has meetings and presentations and all sorts of things that are like up to him to say, I can't do this at this time. And that has been hard because obviously a lot falls on me. And I, you know, this is a whole other issue I have with the system of paternity leave. Like, I'm sorry, two weeks. That's a fucking joke. So it's been difficult. I'm happy to be back because I love what I do and it, it gets me excited, but it's definitely been hard because there's so much I want to do and I feel so restricted. And you know, obviously things will hopefully just continue to improve as we have more help, as our feeding schedule changes a bit and I'm not feeding as often. Um, you know, we'll see as of right now, I'm still breastfeeding. Who knows that could change. I'm struggling with that because I actually really love the act of breastfeeding. I just hate the schedule. And then like the concept of giving it up, I'm like having a hard time with already because I mentally love that time with Liam. Oh God. It's just all a lot. That's all I have to say. It is a lot. So stay tuned for more. I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode back. Um, It would mean the world to me if you haven't already to subscribe, rate, and review the show. I actually really, oh, this is something I want to talk about. I read through the reviews, which is literally my least favorite thing in the world because it feels like such a public place to criticize. And I get nauseous and like full body sweats when I go to look at the reviews. I'm not even going to lie. So if you want to leave me a nice one, like I would love that. Um, 
but I'm really, you know, I think I take constructive criticism well. Some of the reviews, there are a few hand, like few reviews of people who just clearly hate me and like, I can't do anything to change that. That's fine. But some of the reviews have said things like, I wish you let the um, guests speak a little bit more about their story. And like, you know, sometimes it feels like Cameron's repeating herself. And I totally understand that. And that's something I'm really going to work on. I'm taking that into account, you guys. I promise you. I just love to talk and I get ahead of myself and I get really excited, but I'm going to work on that. So anyway, subscribe, rate, review. If you're on Spotify, follow, I think is the thing to do. And as always, send over if you have specific topic requests. We have great guests coming up for season four that have already booked. And that's all. I love you guys. I'm happy to be back. All right. Everyone's wishes have come true. Joseph is joining us. Welcome, Joe. Joe. Wait, sorry, and I didn't know we were live. What do you mean? <laughs> Welcome. We're sitting I'm in the I'm literally bedroom. talking into the microphone. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm very happy to have you on. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, God. We'll see how this goes. No, I think you're going to be great. Thank you. Um, Joe, I'll say one thing that's a little weird. I don't think I knew you were going because I think oftentimes when you see someone holding a microphone, you then hear it projecting out into something, and I didn't hear anything, so I think it never actually triggered that it, it was starting. Okay, so. that's fair. Um, first and foremost, for anyone who's listening that has not already listened to Joe's first episode, I would highly recommend going and listening to the podcast episode that Joe was on for the first time. I'll link it in the show notes, because that dives into a lot more of like our relationship and all of that stuff. And I think that's good context for this episode, but this is going to be focused on parenting and like the fourth trimester of the past three months we've had, obviously, obviously we have it all figured out after three months. <laughs> of course. Um, no, obviously I wish I'd kind of like, I kind of wish we had done this earlier, but at the same time I'm very happy we took, or I took maternity leave and like we allowed ourselves time to really focus on Liam rather than like trying to get content out there for other people. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd say especially the first month to two months, we really had our hands full, not only taking care of Liam, but also taking care of ourselves and getting ourselves yeah. through that time. So I agree it would have been um, a little challenging to try to also fill the void of other other things that needed to be tended to during that. Right. I also would have been like pretty down and depressed, if, if we're being honest, on that recording. Um, but I'm feeling good now. So I had people submit questions. So... Let's rewind a second. For my push present, present, I had said that I wanted Joe to do an Instagram takeover. And I thought that we'd agreed on it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just get ahead. I apologize, but that's just not not something that I fully felt that I'd be great at or comfortable (laughs) doing. Um, I also don't think I actually ever agreed to that. I think she more so after the fact (laughs) said, this is my push present that I had agreed to doing, but um, I don't think I was ever aware of that, so I, I apologize okay. for that. Well, anyway, I did have people submit questions, so like I know I don't have them in front of me, but I know what most people submitted. So those are the questions we're going to be asking, and this was our middle ground, right? Because you feel comfortable answering the questions, you feel comfortable coming on here to yeah, a certain I, I, I degree. Just, but I, you- yeah, totally. I just don't want to like hold a phone all day and be recording myself, <laughs> like. I, I don't think that that'd be interesting. Uh, maybe other people would, but I, I don't think so. And like, I don't have my own Instagram for a reason. I'm not someone right. who like post things or post pictures or anything. So I, I just don't think I would really know what to do in that situation. Look, you know what? It's one of my favorite things about you that you're not on Instagram. So 
we're, we're here for that. We don't need to change that behavior. Um, all right. So let's start from the very beginning. What were your thoughts in the delivery room? Well, can we, can we narrow that down? Cause we were in there for a pretty long time. So <laughs> like, what, what were my thoughts just when we well, first like, got there okay. when you were giving birth? Yeah. Well, take us for your journey. I mean, when we first got there, honestly, I kind of thought, wow, this is a pretty nice room. Um, <laughs> a nice flat screen TV. I forget exactly what it was. I think it was one of the golf majors. Was it was. We were just laying in bed. Um, you know, before your contractions got too serious, they were just relaxing for a little bit. So I was like, oh, this is actually a pretty decent setup. Uh, you know, <laughs> the day off work. I was still answering some work emails, but right, it's kind of off for the day. And um, so that, that was the immediate thought. Except but, you didn't like the chicken fingers. Yes, not not the best hospital food. I was a little disappointed by that. But that's also um, but in all so seriousness, it, it was you like we're in New York City. You could have totally, bought yeah, fucking know, food, but, but you were like, like oh, you get free food. Well, it wasn't even free actually. You still oh, had to right. pay for it. But I was like, oh, I gotta try out this menu. Um, <laughs> no, but but it was. I don't know. I, th- I think the fact that you didn't go into like I don't I don't know if emergency labor is the right thing, but we weren't rushing Rushed. to the hospital, so we had time to drive over there, park, bring our stuff inside, you know, settle in. Um, I think it was probably a different experience than someone who's kind of going there in a more panicked state, uh, yeah, where I everything's agree. happening very urgently. So I do think we, we were relatively calm, and then obviously things you know progressed throughout the day, and it was completely different emotions once you started feeling the shivers, getting sick, things right. of that nature, then became very scary. And then obviously capped off by the birth of Liam, which was, you know, the most joy I've ever felt in my life. Um, so I just think it was kind of a whirlwind uh, of emotions, but the immediate emotion uh, was, yes, this room's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're absurd. Um, in one of the photos, like we have live photos from the delivery and Joe is just like, there's this one moment. I didn't think you were going to pass out. And like, you were so great during the delivery. You were really there for me. And like, I know you refused to sleep at all, even though we were there for 24 hours and like I was in and out of sleep, but you were like, I'm not fucking sleeping. God forbid she wakes up and I'm asleep, which I really appreciate. Um, but there were some photos right when he comes out, Joe is literally frozen like you're just looking at me with this face of like what the fuck did i just see and you're just frozen there like in that split second it looks like you could drop yeah i'm not going to pretend to (laughs) fully remember the exact things i was thinking at that time but what i do remember is kind of the realization of, wow, this is pretty surreal. I think you kind of have this thing built up from TV shows and movies where you kind of see delivery rooms and there's almost like this big like cloth or like barrier between (laughs) the end. But then like more so within the reality of it, my face was literally just right there in it and like I'm watching the head start to pop out, but it's not getting out in the first push. You're doing multiple rounds of in and out and then it kind of to the point of, holy shit, like what's happening right now? And may have felt a little lightheaded at one point. (laughs) I don't think I was ever close to going down. No, I don't Um, think so either. But it, it was definitely it was definitely a very surreal experience, and uh, I don't think I fully knew. I don't think anyone fully knows what you're getting into in that situation. But it's definitely nothing like I expected it would be. I feel the same way, mostly in a good way, but just nothing like I expected. Yeah, and we're very fortunate to have had a great like labor well delivery. Like I walked away from that experience loving that moment of my life and you know reflecting back on it with really positive memories and that's not the case for many so I do think that that should be mentioned um okay so Liam comes home it's now been three months but like how I guess I'm curious and someone else asked this but like what do you think your biggest struggle has been 
being a father or during the past three months? Um, well, I mean, I think the easy answer would be, the, especially early on, like the lack of sleep. But I, I, I think that kind of holds true to pretty much any new parent. And I yeah. think a lot of people tell you, you know, enjoy your sleep while you still right. have it. It's never going to be the same. And you don't feel like it. Right. It's so cliche, but you don't fully understand like how real it actually is. Yes and no, but like you can't bank sleep. Like that's I hate it when people. I know, no, no. I I meant I meant more so in the fact that you actually don't realize how little sleep you're getting, especially early on, and yeah, you know how hard that is to do day in and day out with no end in sight. Um, So I think that's kind of the easy answer. I think though, maybe a better answer would be. around like controlling emotions not the sense i've ever gotten like really mad or anything but i think it's really easy to forget when you have a newborn that like they have zero control over what's happening to their bodies they're mm-hmm. just reacting and you're exhausted you're frustrated like you want things to be going smoothly and i think it can be easy to get extremely frustrated so i think like the hardest thing has been like kind of remind yourself like in certain very trying situations be like just take a deep breath like nothing that they're doing is like a direct result of anything you're doing wrong or like mm-hmm. that they're actually upset or mad. It's just like, they just like literally can't control their emotions and are screaming and crying. Um, so I think that part's really hard. Like, especially, like I said, early on when you're just completely exhausted at sometimes and worn down of not getting frustrated. Cause I think it's really easy to do so. It's so interesting. Cause I don't think I would have expected you to say that. And I totally agree, but I never knew that that was something you struggled with because I feel well, like, like I said, I, th- I think I've tried to do a good job. Like, th- well, that's ma- what I'm saying. Yeah, like I've never it, seen but you more even so get I, frustrated. Right? No, I know. I'm saying more so in my head. I sometimes, yeah. like, like I said, when you're trying to put him down for an hour, and he's just constantly screaming and crying. Like, right. Just like remind yourself that like it's nothing you're doing wrong. It's nothing that they're doing wrong. It's just the natural progression. So yeah, I mean, I think it's helpful like to remind yourself of that for any new parent. I agree, and that's your meditation practice showing itself. <laughs> um. Okay, and then what has been the most rewarding aspect of being a father? Um, I mean, I think obviously it evolves constantly with like the changes of their behavior in life. But like, I think something we actually talked about earlier today, like once they start smiling, I think that changes everything. It's almost weirdly like some sort of like form of validation as if totally you're making them happy you're doing something right now even before they actually even know what a smile means and they're doing it intentionally i think that's like the first moment that really kind of captures in your mind like their love for you being returned um so that's like incredibly special and rewarding so i i think you know early on obviously there's not a ton of developmental stuff outside of that going on that's tangible um so I think some of those early signs are just like incredibly rewarding in the first few months. Yeah, I think in the beginning, like in the very beginning, it's hard because you love this thing so much and you're giving it so much love, but you're not really getting anything back. I mean, sure, you can say that maybe I'm getting something back when I'm getting like the breastfeeding cuddles and coos and that. But like, even for me, I think after that aspect like him smiling him giggling him knowing our voices and our sense and looking at us and all of that like that feels like we're getting something in return and it's not a one-way street right and not not as if like they owe you anything in return or anything of that nature but it it just it's rewarding it feels good yeah it feels so fucking good. good um so yeah i think that's been the most rewarding so far i would agree with that what is your favorite thing and these are questions that people submitted what is your favorite thing about me being a mother 
Um, my favorite thing about you being mother. So I, I think the first thing I would point to, and not necessarily that it was unexpected, because obviously, you know, I've seen this year in and year out. But I think just like your resilience, in a way, in terms of how challenging I saw it was firsthand being a mother, just in terms of the constant, constant work that it takes in with feedings and nap times and now, you know, evolving into play times and just how it's really nonstop. And you understand like how important it is to like do everything the right way by him and like not take shortcuts essentially. Um, I don't know. It's just, you've never complained once to me directly. Obviously you've, you've had your moments where things, you know, are really challenging and you feel just down, um, but it's never in terms of complaining about anything that revolves around the work that needs to be done in terms of taking care of Liam. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the things that I've been most impressed by and you know, I admire just of how great of a mother you've been. Like I said, I expected it, um, but then it's really, really, really special to actually see kind of unfold and play out in front of me. Thank you. That really means a lot. What do you think has been the hardest thing for the two of us as a relation, like in terms of our relationship through parenting? Um, uh, for our relationship, I think, and I'm sure this probably holds true for a lot of people, but it's just a complete 180 just in terms of your life. You know, no longer are either of you the top priority, not only for yourselves, but really for each other either. Mm-hmm. There's now this new person who's introduced who becomes your top priority kind of across the board and just kind of making that adjustment in terms of just little things, even of not having, you know, much alone time or date nights, things of that nature, needing to just kind of adjust to this new lifestyle, I think is a lot at first. Um, mm-hmm. And it is challenging and it's something that you can kind of slowly, I think, work back towards as you have the opportunity, you know, to have one of our moms come in and watch him for right. a night. We can escape for a couple of hours and you can kind of start to kind of creep closer to revisiting some of those things. But I think generally speaking, it's probably just um, that aspect of it of no longer kind of having us time mm-hmm. and pretty much everything kind of revolves around him. And then every once in a while you kind of sneak out not that we even want to sneak out because i think (laughs) we pretty much always want to be with him um but sometimes it's nice to kind of just get away for an hour and have a quick bite to eat or something like that absolutely what are you most excited for in the future as a father i am i mean i think obviously i'm extremely excited like when he can actually start to like talk and converse with us and Mm -hmm. kind of do things more actively um so i think that's something i'm really excited for i think growing up being so heavily like intertwined within sports, something I am particularly super excited about is the kids youth sports career and watching that. And like the other day we had, um, the little league world series was on TV and I was like, Oh my God, like I can't wait until Liam's playing little league and watching yeah, it. And, and you, you were like, you were like, Oh crying. my God, I'm crying. I can't like even fathom him because being they were crying 12 they years lost. old and having emotions throughout games. Um, and that's obviously a long way down the road, but that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. a lot is kind of watching him progress in those areas and just like watching him play team sports and show his personality. And right. That and we're still going to love him if he doesn't like sports. Totally. What are some of your characteristics that you hope he gets? I hope that he gets... People are going to think their podcast cut out with that pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope that he kind of gets my devotion to friendships 
Mm. I think that's something that you know I take very seriously and something I've really appreciated the fact that a lot of my friendships are so long-standing and like deeply rooted um I like to think that I have a pretty good sense of humor so I think that's something that I would hope um that he would carry on as well there's a couple things what characteristics of mine do you hope he gets I hope that he gets your work ethic I hope that he gets your deep-seated loyalty um and kind of your compassion and caring for, for his friends and future loved ones. Thank you. Do you have any questions for me? Sure. Um, <laughs> you don't have to. No, I think it'd be helpful like for people to hear even some of the questions I answered, kind of the flip side to that from a mother's perspective. So I think maybe, and I'm sure you've probably addressed some of these on stories and whatnot, but what for you, you know, has been the most challenging thing throughout um, you know, the first three months? I think the most difficult thing for me has been emotionally the hormonal roller coaster that is motherhood and the fourth trimester because it's really hard to explain how you can be so happy and so sad at the same time and, like, not understand or comprehend that those two emotions can coexist and that the sadness doesn't mean that you don't love this new phase and it doesn't cancel out the happiness, but it's really hard to remember that in the moment. Um, And then I also think just mourning past versions of myself and learning to love and get to know this new version of myself because I do feel changed, honestly, kind of permanently. And there are past parts of my past that I I have to mourn and like kind of say goodbye to. And that's been a weird transition for me. So what about, and this could actually be for good or for bad. um, What has been like the most surprising aspect of this all to you that you never really kind of foresaw coming? um, Like I said, it could be something positive, something challenging, I think I'm a more chill person as a mom. You do do like to say that. But don't you agree? I I do. I'm just saying you do like to remind us of that. Well, I'm just saying everyone thinks I'm like the least chill person. And I have been. Right. I think for for any additional context needed, you were someone who always, if we go on a weekend trip, you kind of planned out the entire itinerary down to the half hour in terms of we're going on this walk from here yeah. to here, we're going to lunch here, we're going then after lunch to this place, then dinner at this time, and then post it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think part of that, if I had to guess, probably has to do with the fact that you have so much on your plate now, you know, as do I, in terms of Liam's schedule that requires right. so much planning and staying on top of things that almost you're burned out <laughs> by the time it gets to something like going down to the beach for the weekend and you no longer have the energy, nor do it's you care It's decision much. fatigue. Right, exactly. Just decision fatigue about caring about what's for dinner that night. But I, like someone else Yes, <laughs> I agree. I think it's decision fatigue, and I'm just like, I don't want to fucking make another choice. Like, mm-hmm. just someone decide for me. But I also think, and like, this was honestly, we talked about this a long time ago, but one of the reasons that I specifically wanted to get a dog was for my anxiety because I felt like I was in my head too much and I wanted someone else or something else to focus on. And I remember that happening when we first got Charlie and I felt that way. But obviously, like, yes, a dog is a stepping stone to a child, but they're not the same. And I think that 
for me, I was still in my head about things and I was still, you know, worrying about things that don't actually matter. But because I had the time, my mind likes to wander to the not so fun place. And I think once Liam came into the world and he put everything into perspective of like what's actually important and what's not, like his safety is important. Him being fed is important. Him getting enough playtime is important. Me spending time with him is important. What I'm having for dinner that night is not that fucking important. Mm -hmm. Like how long I'm exercising for a day or how many days a week is not that fucking important. It just put everything into perspective for me. And I know it's weird for someone to say they're chill. And I'm not saying I'm chill, but I do think I've become more chill. And I think that's honestly shocking because I would have expected it to go the opposite way. And th- this is probably the least important takeaway from that whole monologue, but I would say monologue. <laughs> it's a separate antidote for Charlie coming into our lives and just kind of how you reflected on a dog kind of being, you know, a stepping stone somewhat to right. kind of responsibilities. Um, I don't think I could recommend that enough. Oh, I agree. If you are able to kind of take on the, the, the ownership of an animal or dog, whatever it may be. I think that helped us like immensely. So much. Obviously, it's nowhere near the same level of responsibility as you know, right. bringing a child into this world and raising a child. But I do think it introduces a lot of concepts that might not fully exist in a lot of relationships yeah. before that. Um, and it can be very helpful in terms of kind of getting prepared for that. I think little things on a daily basis, just in terms of both of us needing to you know, understand that we need to feed and walk Charlie multiple times a day and then understanding how to kind of of division of labor and kind of collaborating in terms of schedules and understanding who's Mm -hmm. taking care of what, who's picking up what. Um, I do think all of that comes into play, you know, in much greater detail and at a whole different level once a child is introduced. But I do think that is incredibly helpful uh, in terms of kind of working through some of that stuff beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just kind of a separate anecdote. Yeah, and I think, like, piggybacking off of that something I did struggle with that we've talked about and I've talked about a lot with my therapist is that I think and of course this is assuming heteronormativity which is not the case for all but that's all I can speak to given our heterosexual relationship I feel like oftentimes the female is aware that this child comes first earlier than the husband is because for the female like I've now been pregnant when he's born for nine months so my life has been put number two for nine months now like my sleep my exercise my fit my mental health my physical health like what I'm eating everything and so when he comes into this world it's like of course he comes first no matter what like my life is now on the sideline at least for the beginning I mean probably forever And I think that's easier to swallow and comprehend as the female who's been pregnant. I do think it took you, and based on other conversations I've had with friends, a little bit longer to fully come to that realization because it almost went from zero to 60 just the second he came out of my vagina. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Do you disagree? And I'm not... I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. No, I, I don't think that's hurting my feelings. I think that's sometimes just like the reality of how I agree. things play out. And yeah. Do you, nothing else? <laughs> I was thinking about something else. I kind of blanked for a second. What were you thinking about? I was thinking about something I wanted to 
to bring up during this conversation. Um, it was totally unrelated to you that. You were doing that thing where you were yeah, having so where your I spaced own conversation out. I was in having your mind own while someone else was talking to you. Yeah. That's so but funny that you chose to do that right now. I know. Now. I chose it at a bad time, but I hope it's for a good reason. And what I was thinking in my head that I wanted to make sure we addressed before this ended was just my new profound respect um, and kind of admiration for working mothers and everything that they... Yes go through that unfortunately took me like way too long to realize um mm-hmm. and stay-at-home mothers stay-at-home and yes yeah, stay-at-home mothers, mothers. I, I consider that a full-time job as well so, me too but when you say working yeah, moms yeah. sometimes people differentiate i i never whatsoever understood the magnitude of what it takes both pre and post-birth in terms of what they're going through physically and emotionally leading up to the birth managing that totally doctor visits and then obviously everything that comes post-birth that you just have no idea of until you actually have the opportunity to witness it firsthand mm-hmm. uh, and then you kind of understand how remarkable it is that these women were balancing that with the rest of their lives once again right. both leading up to it and after it um, so that's just something I wanted to kind of make sure I address. I wish I had understood that earlier I think we yeah. both always talk about how much more appreciative we are of our own mothers even and totally. everything that they went through for us now that we kind of actually see what that entailed. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's once again, something that's pretty common across people once they have children. Um, but yes, I was kind of thinking about that as you were talking. I mean, I'm really happy you made that point because a, I totally agree. B, I think it's wonderful to hear a male acknowledge that and like admit that and just like honor those emotions. Um, yeah, do I wish that maybe you had had that thought not while I was saying the other point? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Did you even hear my other point? I heard like what, like I wasn't fully <laughs> processing at all. Can you just give a quick like synopsis? I was basically saying that it, I think the female like realizes that they come second. They've already come to terms with that because they've been pregnant for nine months. Whereas the male, it takes longer for them to come to terms I did, okay, with yeah, that. Because I thought, okay, in terms, well, you're saying second to the baby. Liam, essentially. Yes. In, like in, your you life is that, kind of on the side. Like you don't get to just go like shit whenever you need to. Like you now have to, like if he's crying uh, yeah, or if yeah, something's yeah. happening and like, sorry, your poop has to wait. Yes, I, I think that that certainly holds true. And I think even something else, and once again, I can only speak for my own personal situation. And I, I suspect that maybe it happens to people. Even I think the connectivity with the child to an extent yeah. takes a little bit longer for the male sometimes um, because I think the female, once again, has the baby living inside of them. Even early on, they're the ones that are kind of the life support with the, you know, the breastfeeding, mm-hmm. things of that nature. If you choose to breastfeed. If you choose to breastfeed, where I feel feel the male sometimes uh, once again only from my own perspective but like it almost feels like especially the first few weeks like a job almost to an extent of like you're constantly just like working around the clock to ensure you're doing everything right and keeping this baby alive survival Um, survival mode exactly and then it takes a little bit longer to kind of feel that full connectivity and and joy like obviously you feel like an incredible amount of joy like after the birth and like every day like in Mm -hmm. certain parts um i think just more kind of generally speaking some of those emotions take a little bit longer to transpire within the male yeah i agree i i definitely agree and i think it goes back to what we were saying in the very beginning him smiling like Mm -hmm. it feels like a human it's not just like this little thing you have to keep alive Mm -hmm. um i am all out of questions for you i don't want to i promise you this wouldn't be that long i 
really appreciate you coming on here and being so vulnerable. You know, it's my favorite. One of my favorite things about you is your vulnerability and your willingness to share your emotions and speak honestly. And the man you've become is just a wonderful, wonderful journey to have watched. And I love watching you be a father. Well, I think I already said it, but I think you're an incredible mother. I love you and I love you guys. Oh my God. I love you too. (laughs) Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.